there. You're listening to the Jasmine Star Show, a tell it like it is podcast for hustlers who are building the business of their dreams. I'm happy you're here and you're in the right place. Today's episode is a recording from a conversation I had with my girl, Jordan Gill, on her podcast, System Save Me. Y'all, I'm going to be real. She grills me on the ins and outs of how my husband and I started my business and the different iterations it took. And the lessons we learned along the way, I kind of felt like she was a detective and I was sitting on a steel table with a bright light shining in my face. Maybe I'm being a little dramatic here, but she got to the nitty gritty. So if you've ever thought a membership model might be in your future for your business, I have a feeling you're going to be taking a lot of notes during this episode. So grab yourself a pen and listen in to my conversation with Jordan Gill. All right. Day one, you're wanting to create a membership. Okay. What do you start out with? Walk us through what kind of maybe the MVP, the minimal viable product was of the membership. And then again, what that first shift was once you started to get feedback. Okay. So I should probably say, since we're talking about spilling the juice, the tea, the tequila, yeah. the reason the subscription, the reason our membership started was because I was a week away from one of the biggest launches that I was going to do with our Instagram course. Like I'm talking about like the most we'd ever spent in ads and the most strategy and the most pre-webinars for other people, like the whole strategy or a week away. And I got news that a couple things on my team had happened and other people were talking to other people and it was an undercurrent and a little bit of betrayal, a little bit of stuff happened. And I just thought this is the worst thing that could happen. I was not in a good headspace. I felt like I got sucker punched and I was just like, I'm calling it like we're canceling it. And I was, yeah, I was in New York city at a mastermind and I didn't sleep at all. I was so devastated by what was happening. You felt like uncertain with people on your team and you're like, this can't be happening. So it was four o'clock in the morning. Who the heck goes running in New York City at four o'clock in the morning in the dark, in the rain? Oh, your girl, your girl who has anxiety. And I'm like, I got to hit the streets. I come across this 24 hour Korean massage parlor. People are like, what were you thinking? Like, listen, when you desperate, you do desperate things. That's just facts. So I get a deep tissue massage from this like 97 year old Korean man Who's probably blind. Like, I'm not lying. Like, he's legit, like, legit blind. But it was one of the best massages I got. I was like, okay, I'm feeling like my chakras are aligned. I'm releasing this stuff and I'm saying goodbye to the launch. Bless and release. I can't carry that energy with me. So, in New York City, I was like, my husband and I sat, we were at a mastermind of all places. And he was just like, what are the gaps? What do you see people at the end of all the courses we've put out, all two of our courses that we had put out in every iteration? What were the main questions? Was like, ironically, I create a course on Instagram. Instagram and people are like, I still don't know how to write captions. I do a course about branding and showing up with consistency and finding your voice. And people are like, I just can't create photos. We talk about like, what was the biggest thing that people are like, well, now the course is over. What do I do? So these three things, I don't know what to say. I don't have photos and just what's the newest thing that's going on. What do I do? That wasn't yesterday's news. And so the first idea that we had was we're like, people want to show up on social media. What if we were to send them a subscription box full of like props and directives on how to take their own social media photos? Which, I mean, you're very polite and like that kind of nod. I was much harsher to my husband. I was like, that's ridiculous. The fulfillment nightmare from like a logistical standpoint. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we live in one of the most expensive zip codes. I'm like, yeah, let's try, let's try storing a thousand boxes and supplies. But it led us to what if we were to provide caption templates, photos, and this is what you do this month. We call it the action plan. 
the minimum, the MVP was, I don't know how to program this. And we just called up a friend and it was like, Hey, this is this idea we have. Now here's the thing, Jordan. I didn't even know that other subscription membership solutions existed. People right now are listening and they're being like, why didn't you just use, listen, I know. Okay. But it happened for us. So we asked this friend and he built a Frankenstein from WordPress widgets to Infusionsoft. Girl, Infusionsoft's for email. How are we creating a membership site out of Infusion? It's just, this is where we pour the tequila, you know? Like, so we're just like, if we could just get a thousand people, that would just be a game changer because then it would allow us to iterate where we can like pay our bills and do our things. And we launched to 2,444 people. And that's when we were like, oh. And you were like, you went from one night to, oh yeah, to the next morning you're like, Oh, bleep. Like we don't have the infrastructure for this. Like we don't even know what we are. Like people join and they're like, what is this? And I was like, oh, you know what? I don't. I'm important. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was the first go. And we spent the first six months trying to figure out what the heck we were. Because very similar to like Reed Hoffman when Netflix launched, people didn't know what it was. And we spent a lot of time just trying to explain really what it is. And when I look back at that poor, sweet first iteration of Social Curator to what we are today, lots of pride. We've come a long way and we have a long way to go. Very long way to go. Yeah, totally. So then it was pretty much like an overnight success. And that point, what were some of the infrastructure that you had to then build kind of retroactively to make up for the fact that you had so many people now all of a sudden looking for, you know, the advice and the support that you just sold? Well, let's go and spill some more tea. (laughs) I talked to my husband, who's my business partner, and he does a lot of this stuff that I don't want to, or I don't play to my strengths. And so one of the things that we spoke about specifically as social curator, I was like, this is new for us. We're, you know, we're going all in. I'm not going to be launching courses during this time. I just want to focus on this. And I said, but I don't want you to tell me the numbers and I don't want to get into the financials because that's going to shift because I'm a girl from the hood. Like if you see money going down or you wonder like, this is my livelihood, you start playing games in your mind. So I was like six months. So we launched in July. And so we go through the holidays and then in January, I'll never forget sitting at breakfast with my husband. We're out looking at the ocean. I was like, oh my God, we're having the talk. We're having like our DTR about social curator, right? We're going to define this love relationship with this new child. I'm so excited. Now we launched in July and then we launched in October. These were, you know, really, really great opportunities for us. And so I am expecting like a number that I'm like blown away by like, oh my God, it's happening. And my husband's like, okay, so we have 2000 members. And I was like, I'm sorry, I think you stuttered because you see back in July, we had 24 and some change. And then we launched again to another just shy of 2000. Why are you telling me that we have less than 50% when we started? And he's just like, well, you see, there's this thing called attrition and churn. And that was like a rude awakening. And the rude awakening was specifically as a new business, if you don't really have a clear idea of what it is, you need to plan a lot of people coming in realizing it's not what they wanted or it wasn't what they delivered or they just didn't understand the concept and they were going to leave. And so it was like a sucker punch. What we had to realize, like the biggest shift was why were people leaving? So then we had to create a system of going through our exit surveys and reading what people said. And people said that they felt like they were in isolation. They didn't think that it was working for them. And I was like, I didn't get it because I was getting these amazing success stories. And I really 
realized there wasn't a place aggregate. We did not have a group at the time. Mm -hmm. So it was a singular membership where you go and you get your resources, you get what you do, and then you are on your merry way. And I was totally against having a group. I hated groups. I felt like that's where like sad people go to die. It was like a time suck. I didn't want to do it. But I think that when you look at a business and you look at the viability of it and you look at what demand is, you ask yourself, can I structure something that makes me feel like I can serve my business well and make people happy? And that was like the biggest change for us was we needed to add a community aspect. And that was a game changer. Gotcha. So that was kind of the next shift was, okay, the content is good. You know, we've got some stuff in place, but for people to stay, they needed community. And so, yes, I guess it's in a Facebook group, I'm assuming, right? And so you choose a Facebook group over like Mighty Networks or an app. Like, why did you stay with a Facebook group as a community? At the time, the decision was made because what we are really teaching people to do is to show up on social media. And so it was advantageous that we were teaching them how we are leveraging a group so that they could leverage a group if it felt in alignment to their business. Also, our studies had shown that's where most of the people were hanging out for long-form content. Got it. That totally makes sense. And so was it just like, all right, one day we're creating a group and inviting everybody or what was that next like iteration look like? So that's what I think when you and I first met, I was so blown away with like your brain only thinks in systems. <laughs> and if we're on like a spectrum and Jordan's on the far right, like systems, I am like negative one on the opposite <laughs> spectrum. Like I do stuff and then I just pray to sweet baby Jesus that is going to work. And I have zero systems. That's not even my brain. Yeah. If you paid me money, I couldn't come up with a system. <laughs> so yeah, we just launched the group and I was like, okay, we're here. Here's the link. Just one day. That's amazing. Like just one day. That's what we did. And thank God. I always said I want to be the dumbest person on my team. I'm right now I'm batting great. Everybody's smart. Everybody's the complete opposite. Everybody builds systems and that's what's really made the group successful is putting somebody who has systems in mind. Yeah, totally. I think again, if you're somebody and I'm like, again, I have a lot of systems listeners. So systems listeners, you go and find your people who are the negative ones on the spectrum and help them out, right? Because that's where we're needed. Oh my gosh, Jordan. Listen, I feel like we need to put a pin here and I know I talk too much. I don't talk too much. People just don't listen enough. So I'm just gonna keep on going. Absolutely. I feel like for somebody who doesn't think in systems, people on my team who have systems brains, I look at them. I'm like, baby, you got job security. Like you just keep on making more systems. You make me more dependent on you. You fine. Like go on girl, do the bad thing with them systems. Yes. Uh, Totally. Yeah. I think that systems are always going to be needed. Like that's something that, you know, technology clearly isn't going anywhere. And especially with remote work and how COVID works and all that 2020, how it's all gearing up, you know, everybody's coming online. And so not only just small businesses, but now even corporations are now literally beginning to have remote teams and they have no idea what they're doing. But yeah, I think that it's good that you know your strengths and that you hire then for those weaknesses. And it sounds like your husband too also is maybe more systems minded, at least more than you. And so I'm sure that partnership too is helpful as well. Most definitely. Cool. So then after you build a community, things are going really well. Is there another iteration or feedback loop that you're getting of, okay, this is how we need to pivot next or what we need to add or subtract? So at the beginning of 2019, I was sitting in a mastermind. Again, a lot of big shifts happen in masterminds. I'm sitting in a mastermind and our mentor had asked us to write a letter to yourself as if it was December 31st, 2019. So we're looking about 12 months later, like, and the letter was stating as if everything was in retrospect, 
because this happened. So this happened and I got these results and it was supposed to align to what your goals were for the year. And I had very specific goals for social curator. And I wrote that by 2019, we had expanded the team by nine new team mate, like two members Oh wow! To, in order for us to scale in the way that we needed to scale. And every, I mean, the team right now, we're running at 120%, but at the time we're running at 120%, but as the membership gets bigger and bigger, we need more systems. We need more hands. We need more eyes. And so we set out a big, big, big hiring year in 2019. So at the beginning of 2019, we had five people. Uh-huh. And at the end of 2019, I think we ended at 15 people. So that was like a big year. So when you make that many hires, what we realized was that we had systems for very specific things, but then for new roles that were created, we really had to build out new systems for that. And then we had to systematize our systems. Like we have different divisions. And so now we need to make sure how is everybody doing their projects? Like how are the tasks laid out? We have to have a way to do that. So 2019 was so foundational. It was like the yawn year. You know, it's just like, this is the year that no entrepreneurs want to go through. It's not a matter of big growth. It's a matter of like, oh, I have to do the work. I have to build the foundation for us to scale. And that's what we did. Nice. So you had five to what, 14 or 19, did you say? Oh, we ended the year with a 15 and we're currently at 19. Currently at 19. Gotcha. And so... And then that's a mix of full-time and part-time. Gotcha. Cool. And so then as you were making those hiring decisions, were they based on like, did you get consulting around it or was it, okay, what is Jasmine still doing? Jordan, what do you think? (laughs) Do you think your girl got consulting? Girl, no. You know your strengths. I thought you would hire for the weaknesses. No. You know, I think that what happens is when you're out there and you're building a ship and you just realize like, we built this big ship, let's go. And then you have all your people in like the base of the ship sticking their fingers in holes that you're just like, at this point in time, like, you know what I need? I need this. But like, we ain't got that structure. Like, I think it would not be in our best interest to hire C-suite executive if our dang thing is broke. So for us, we went immediately into how do we serve our members the best? And that was to really show up for them in customer success, show up for them in the group and really create, can you believe it wasn't until goodness gracious, we had an org chart in 2019 and it was kind of sort of there, but it wasn't until October 2019 that we restructured an org chart that was very clear. We had everybody denoted in roles. And because we have like a massive production element to what we do. We have a lot of people in multiple roles. So the org chart in October, 2019 was a game changer. We restructured really defining what division directors and managers were doing. And that happened in February, 2020. So we are a hundred percent a process in the making. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's extended growth. I mean, to go that many new hires, like I would say a lot of businesses (laughs) don't ever experience that. And so kudos to you of again, like growing alongside the process. Like, and I think as business owners and as just like a selfish question of how do you balance growth and fulfillment? How do you balance growth and maintenance? Again, when you, your energy is very much like growth and wanting to impact more people. And then you have the yawn year where it's like, uh, in order for me to grow, I have to figure out this whole maintenance thing. And so how would you suggest or explain how you were able to balance both during that yawn year or was it difficult? No, I don't even know. 
Well, one, it was difficult and it is difficult for somebody who's programmed the way that I am. I'm just like, go. Yeah. And I felt like you almost feel shackled. Yeah. And it just like real talk, you have to have people in positions of management and directorship for them to look across from you and say, we have a bucket with holes in it. It doesn't matter how many people you put in the bucket. We have to close the holes. They're like, you got to give us time to build the structure and the systems to fill the holes. And it's just kind of like, I got it. And it was numbers. It was just quant. They're like, this is how many people you brought in. This was what attrition was. And they're citing these three main reasons. If we don't build systems around those three main reasons, we're going to be in the same position. And like, as a leader, what do you do? You're just like, you can't argue. And you're like, okay. And so I think we're still very much in that phase, but definitely learning how to trust the team and the changes they have been made. Like it was so clear the impact that it had. And my mentor says, you have to slow down to speed up. And I feel like 2019 was a slowing down year, 2020, you know, I have to say, Jordan, we had this webinar in January and it was like 2020 vision for 2020, how to double your business. And then you just come and get like slapped upside the head. It's like, here's COVID, here's some racial injustice. Here's the world melting. How are you going to stand up for other people? How do you show up on social media? How? And it's just like, oh, okay, this is what we're going to do. So I'm being shaped and molded to become the CEO that I need to be tomorrow and have to sit with it and make the changes today. You know, that's where a lot of us are. Yeah, totally. And you know, it's also election year. So we're not done crazy. Don't, no, don't. Why do you put a quiver in my soul, girl? Like I just literally started sweating in nether regions we shall not discuss. I'm like, this election year is just going to be like, sweet Jesus, take the wheel. So, you know, I mean, Hey, I always say as in the last 30 seconds, any entrepreneur who can make it through 2020 can make it through anything. So true. I really believe this. Like if you sign up in 2021, you just need to pet. You make it to January 2nd, 2021. You done made it, girl. You done made it. Everything else is downhill. So let's get there. <laughs> Absolutely. And so did you do that same exercise that you did in 2019? The, um, the letter to yourself? Did you do that back in January or... I did. And I think it's really important. Girl, I'm not going to tell you. That's like saying whether you wanted to, wanted to wish on your birthday cake. I, right, I do. Yeah. No, no, no. You know, there was one thing that I will come out and say was, I know the vision of what social curator will be. Like I see it. Like I see it in my mind. I see it in my head. And in order for us to get there, we have to make some really big sacrifices and shifts in the way that we do it. One of the things that I had said was we need to get a CTO, a chief technology officer. What we were doing, we were building on our wherewithal. I had an idea. We hired our dev shop. They were fantastic. They're wonderful people. It was amazing. But they were doing what we asked them to do. And what I needed in order for us to get to where we want to go was a specialist in that thing who saw a different future and was one step ahead of us in regards to tech. And I wrote that in December, never dreaming that it would happen in 2020. And we hired like a CTO that we are just blown away by in March. So I do believe that when you write things down, you end up attracting, your actions end up mapping. I started having conversations where I didn't have conversations before in the tech space. Started networking with people in the tech space. Started having conversations, even though I don't understand languages and coding. I made myself familiar. I made myself open. And when you make those actions as a business owner, you end up attracting the very thing you want, even if you didn't know how to get it to begin with. Mm, Yeah, I I totally agree with you. And it was funny because usually my fiance and I will do like a 
what we're going to do for the year. And we didn't do one in January because it was just like a whirlwind. And so then it's like, all right, we're getting thrust. And so we've restarted it (laughs) in June, uh, which is my birthday month. And so now we're kind of like, okay, like let's get back on track and and whatever else. And we have plans to get married in October. That's going to be shifting as well, all of this. And so you know, I think that there is so much power in writing stuff down. And I like the letter aspect too, of having it kind of talk back to you versus just writing it in a futuristic sense as well. And and one thing I notice about your membership, and maybe you do this back end, but I don't think you have affiliates or any sort of like partnership. Is that intentional? I would love to know your reasoning behind that. So the way that we had structured this is that if I'm going to invite somebody and have an experience. I like, so for me, you probably know since you've been around the block with me for a minute, brand is everything. Totally. Brand is your street credibility. Brand is what somebody says about you when you walk out of the room. Brand is what you make somebody feel. And even though it would be pretty incentivizing, like from a monetary perspective, like, yo, like bring your people here. This is how we do it. I know I can't deliver to my affiliates quite yet that experience that they deserve. Mm. I'm not going to burn a bridge. Like I want to make sure that our P's and Q's, our T's are crossed and our I's are dotted. So you walk in, you're just like, wow. I have always maintained the inside of our team is I know I'll never be in that luxury membership market. I'm going for a high-end tech space, really like SaaS product. We're not there yet, but that's what we're going to be building into. And the minute that that can happen, that we deliver on that experience, I have always told the team that we aim for a Nordstrom experience for people on a target budget. Then you create brand loyalty. You create like surprise and delight. You create a new standard in a new market. That's where we're going there. For. And until we get that, I'm not going to open the doors without being like white glove service where your concierge want to take such great care of you. We're going to give you everything you need to support you. I'm going to show up for my affiliates in very specific ways. We're not there yet. So got to protect the brand. <laughs> take a moment for sure. That's right. It's incredible because you find a lot of people who have that insane growth there are affiliates behind it and not that it's good or bad. So I think it's unique that your membership really is built fully on y'all's foundation without. And of course people like share about it and whatever else, but there's no like intentional affiliate like program type offer. So I think that that's really cool and, and speaks volumes about, you know, okay, we really do want to create that service and that white glove. I'm totally Nordstrom Target. I shop at both. And <laughs> so I get it. And I think that that is really cool to just do your reasoning behind that and whatnot. So isn't Jordan a great interviewer? If you've been around the block here with me for a minute, you know that I don't really talk about the origin story of Social Curator because let's be honest, it's not always easy to broadcast what we could perceive as failures or insecurities or shortcomings because the minute you share them publicly, it becomes free game for the world to scrutinize. But I'm sharing it because it's in the scrutiny that people can see how hard, how beautiful how amazing, and how worthwhile it has been. I hope our story has inspired you to try, 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 and one more time, try again, because friend, somebody needs to hear your story. They need to buy your product. They need to vote for you. They need to work with your company. They need to be part of your mission. Somebody needs you. So I'm here reminding you to just keep going. 
After listening in on how Social Curator blossomed from a seed to a seedling, and y'all, I hope one day it is going to be a great and mighty oak tree. If you're curious what it looks like on the inside, you can get a sneak peek for free at jasminestar.com forward slash resources. There you will find 10 customizable caption templates to start conversations with your dream customer, lifestyle photos to post on your website. You can use them in your newsletter, social media. We also have story templates that will drive engagement. And I really want to prepare you on how to show up. So we have an action plan on how to plan and schedule your social media post for an entire month. Y'all, jasminestar.com forward slash resources, or you can click on the link in the episode description from wherever you're tuning in. Today, I want you to check out those resources because I want you to grow your business, but I also want you to see the seedling that will one day turn into a great and mighty oak that will cast shade for business owners to sit under and grow themselves. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I will see you on the podcast again soon. 